I felt like we didn't want to be a startup where we just had to raise every, every year. We'd rather grow sensibly. And I think that's also fits our operations model better because we're very operations heavy. We have to invest in six hub. We have to invest in dishwashers, in, in, in vans. So that does not really fit the, the typical startup profile. So I, I think it was a great experience for us uh, to do it like this. That's Maritz Lass, founder of Swapbox, a startup that is making a real impact by producing high-quality reusable packaging for B2B companies. Over 5,000 people in the Netherlands have swapped with them, and more than 120 restaurants are on board. In this conversation, Maritz shares the origin story of Swapbox, the hurdles he's had to overcome in growing the company, and of course, some fun stuff that not too many people know about. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. As you listen, you can find me on LinkedIn at Eric Melcher. Tag me, say hello, let me know that you're listening. And now let's talk to Moritz. Moritz, what are two or three things that are interesting about you that many people don't know? I would say one of them is I lived in Spain for four and a half years as a kid with my parents. So I, I used to speak fluent Spanish and slowly it's deteriorating a little bit, but uh, yeah. still, still love to come back uh, to Spain. Definitely uh, a second home. Absolutely. It's so close by. I mean, what part of Spain were you guys in? We were between Valencia and Alicante. So right on the coast. So it was a, a very nice experience as a kid. Oh, I bet. I bet. We, I want to go to the Valencia area soon. Last year, my wife and I did Granada, Cordoba, Seville, and Malaga. And it was just a fascinating week in Spain. You can't go wrong with Spain. No. Right? So you can't. You can't, the no. food, the culture, the nightlife, the siesta, you can't go wrong. No, yeah. no, no. And the climate, it's, it's, it's so much better than over here in the rainy Netherlands. <laughs> okay. Well, how did this shape, this shape, this view, shape your view of the world? Because you are Dutch, but you lived a little bit in Spain. And so growing up, did you have a different outlook just on the world because you, you experienced Spain for a few years? Yeah, I think moving to a new country as a kid is always a big change. I remember when my parents mentioned it to me that we were moving to Spain, I was definitely not happy with it. But once you start there, I think we went to, to an English speaking school, so that was already kind of made the change a little bit smaller. But I think you, you, you learn to appreciate a lot of different cultures because it was an international school. And also when now you meet people that come to Amsterdam, Amsterdam is very international. You also understand what their situation is when they're moving to Amsterdam. So I feel like you, you connect very well with these people. And most of my friends are, are not Dutch or I have more international friends. So I think that really shows, yeah, in my, in my life until today. Yeah, no, completely agree with you. Having moved from the States to Eastern Europe, it has broadened my, my outlook on how to deal with people, how to treat people. Because we come with these perceived, you know, traditions and, and way of doing things. And I found that ever since I started interviewing startups from the Netherlands, that you guys are a little bit more direct than other Europeans. <laughs> yes, 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 we are. And that, that, that's something that you have to take into account sometimes. I still have to get, you know, as we're also talking more internationally with, with other companies, you, you learn that you have to sometimes be a little bit less direct and, and, and adapt. It's such a contrast between the Spanish and their way of doing business and, and relationships versus the Dutch, I would imagine. I know a few people from Spain and, you know, their, their outlook on life, it's more conversational, it's more relationship. So they're less direct, especially when it comes to business. What, what is your take on that? 
Great. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I fully agree. I do think it depends a little bit per sector. I mean, we've been in contact with a lot of Spanish startups as well. And there you do see that they have the, 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 the startup mentality and they, they really get stuff done well. But other parts, yeah, the, the siesta is a big part of it, of course. And, and the mañana, mañana is, is, is very popular there. So I do think that, that the, the interactions are very different in Spain compared to the Netherlands. Hey, Maurice, you just reminded me in Cordoba, my wife and I took a bike tour and our guide was Dutch. He was half Dutch, half Spanish. His dad was from the Netherlands and his mom was, was from Spain. And there was nobody else riding bicycles in the city. We were the only people on bicycles. And he told us that the Spanish, they don't really like to ride bicycles. They ride scooters, most of them. So we were rolling around in the city. We were like the only people on bicycles. And it was fitting because he was part Dutch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I, I do think that it depends on where you are, but the, the mountains, of course, do make it a, a bit more challenging to to cycle around. But Valencia, if you, if you visit, you will see that uh, the city is really transforming to a, a bike city. You can bike through the entire city. There's a, a dried up riverbed and you can cycle through the whole city. So I, I, if you go, I, I really recommend doing some, uh, some cycling there. Absolutely. All right. Can you tell us the origin story of Swapbox? Yeah. So the origin story is it started during a university project of mine. I studied at the Hotel School de Hague and we had to come up for a class called Business Model Innovation. We had to come up with a innovative, sustainable business model focused on the hospitality sector. At the time, I, I, I was guilty of ordering a lot of food as a student. And then you really realize how fast your, your trash can fills up and, and how fast you accumulate trash. So then you start thinking how, how, you, how you can solve that. So you look at recycling, compostable packaging, and then you find out that that's just not the, the solution. And then the concept of reusable packaging started for us. We came up with a system for, for restaurants on how it works, which is vastly different to it than uh, what we do today. And then after the project, we decided that we could move the company along and, and really take it past the, the, the project stage. And then I think the first year as a student entrepreneur, like now looking back, we weren't really doing much, but it was really just talking to restaurant owners, talking to the different people in the industry, trying to find out what the needs were. And then, yeah, we kind of just moved along until we launched it in December, 2020. Okay. Well, well, tell us how it works because when I visited the Swapbox website, my head immediately, immediately went to what I think a lot of people think is, oh, wow, I can receive different meals that are in sustainable packaging better for the environment. Is that the case still? Or you're more, you're mostly focused on B2B, just working with restaurants and providing them packaging. Can you just tell us more about it? Yeah, so I think that's, that, that's definitely an interesting change that we had in the company. I think around May, June last year, we decided to really pivot and, and move away from what we call retail. So more like cafes and restaurants that operate independently. We, we found it hard to get the traction there. And I think the quality of the organization was not focused on doing marketing and user acquisition, but more on providing services such as the logistics service and, and the washing service that we offer. Okay. So we did, we do move more to, to B2B, to doing canteens, offices, campuses, but, but we are going to make a, a slight comeback in, in that environment with some new innovation that we are working on. Um, but th that's really more where we're going. We want to be more the, the back, the backbone of the transition to, to reusable packaging than just being in every restaurant. Cause I think there's also some great companies out there already 
doing a good job at that. But the, 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 re, the return logistics and the washing is still something that's a big challenge. And I think it's the, the, the most exciting challenge for us to tackle as a company. Okay. So this is not any sort of like plastic that these companies are getting from you guys. You just mentioned, you know, the washing and, and I, 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 again, I still don't know. Pretend that I've never even heard of you guys, never even been to your website, just from a very high level. Like, how does it work for customers that are customers of Swapbox? Yeah, yeah. So we 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 do we offer we 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 split up the company in three different business units. So we have the packaging rental, then we have the logistics and the washing, and then we have technology. For technology, you can think about a tracking technology to to a deposit system or depositless system to track the packaging individually. And what we do is when clients come to us, say that they want to switch their office or it's a supplier that has multiple catering locations where they, where they operate, they can choose what they need to adapt to that different situation. Because what you see with reusable packaging is that there's a lot of different situations in which you, you operate. You have closed environments, such as a small office, where they also need to transition, where it's very easy to switch to porcelain or do a, a, just a free-for-all system where there's no registration needed because everyone returns to cups and you don't need cleaning. But there's also like a campus where everyone is coming in and out the whole time. So you kind of need to, need to know who takes the packaging and then track whether they return it or not. So there we just try to find what works for each, each location. Okay. And what's been working for you guys in terms of getting traction and, and getting clients? Yeah, so I think that the flexibility in which we operate, I think that the, the scalability that we have, clients that want to switch to reusable packaging can, can start within a week, really. And then we can onboard them. And then depending on what they need, we, we onboard them for the technology, the, the washing and the, the logistics. And I think that's just what, what makes it unique is that you can just start fast. And there is, we don't just do pilots. We just want to start. And then we are always confident that we can make the transition smoothly. And so far, I think we've been doing a great job. Okay. Okay. Now, what do you think are some of the key benefits of participating in Swapbox for, you know, for these companies? I know it has a lot to do with sustainability, but are there any sort of like facts that you tell them by working with us, this is how you're going to make an impact? Just. Yeah. So I think one part is that there's legislation coming. It started already in Germany. Belgium is coming. Netherlands is coming 1st of July and then a more serious one in the 1st of January of 2024. So that's, that's one, it's just a compliance side, but then of course there's a lot of different solutions that you have and that you can work with. And we try to make the most sustainable choice in every decision that we have within our operation. So even though we serve the Belgian market still from the Netherlands with logistics, we do do it with an electric vehicle, which does come with challenges as the distance is quite big and you have to manage the charging times and, and, and all of that. So I think that's very important. We did an independent life cycle analysis of our operation and compared it to disposable packaging. So we know exactly what our impact is when companies switch. So I think those, that, that, that combination is very important for companies to decide that they want to switch and start using reusable packaging with us. After a quick break, Maurice and I talk about what challenges and hurdles he had to overcome in growing Swapbox. 
Hey, in case you didn't know, the Innovators Can Laugh newsletter comes out every Thursday. You find out which startup founders are coming on the show, along with links to posts I found interesting on the web, my best dad jokes, quotes from Napoleon to Chris Rock, and my thoughts and strategies on what I am doing to live a rich life filled with happiness as a Texas expat living in Europe. Sign up for the newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com. Welcome back to my conversation with Moritz. I am intrigued on how he was able to pivot the business from a B2C to a B2B focus. So I wanted to dive deeper into what challenges he had to overcome in order to grow and what he was excited about in the next 12 months for Swapbox. You mentioned the logistics can be uh, somewhat challenging, but what other challenges and hurdles have, have you had to overcome in growing Swapbox, Moritz? Well, I think when we started, we started with the concept four years ago. So I think we were very early. Legislation is now coming in a few months. It's already been uh, public that it, for four or five years that the legislation is coming. So I think the challenge was that we were talking to everyone and everyone was kind of interested, but there was no need for them to make a decision. So there, yeah. you didn't have that, that commitment that easily. And now that the, the legislation is coming, you also see that there's really a push in the markets to, to grow. So I think the timing we was very nice because we got to do everything for, for three years, kind of on our own with, with a few clients that were working very well with us. And now we are ready to scale and we've got so many learnings already. And I think there we, we, we really do add value for our clients. Yeah. I know you guys are in prime position here. It sounds like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think it's going to be very interesting coming year. Yeah. What about getting it off the ground in terms of investments? Have, did you guys take any investment? And if so, what was that experience like? We, we initially, we, we, we financed it through, through a loan. You have in the Netherlands, you have an organization called Credits. It's uh, financed partially as well by, by the major banks and, and the government. And the idea there is that anyone with a good business plan can get a loan. Um, so they provide you with a framework where you have to explain your business model and, and a financial model. And if they, they believe that it's a reasonable business model, there's no reason for them to not give you the, the financing. So I think that was a very nice way for us to start. And I think it's also a great initiative. So any other founders listening in the Netherlands, I, I would recommend seeing what they can do for you. Yeah. We did that for a year and then of course we wanted to scale up more. And then we, we did get a, did a seed round, but I, I, we don't consider ourselves a startup. So I think we, 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 we got an investment in the company. But it's more a partnership that we have with our investor. He comes from the packaging industry. And yeah, with that, it was a great experience. Of course, it was very, very intense talking to all the different investors. But I felt like we didn't want to be a startup where we just had to raise every, every year. We'd rather grow sensibly. And I think that's also fits our operations model better because we're very operations heavy. We have to invest in a logistics hub. We have to invest in dishwashers, in, in, in vans. So that does not really fit the, the typical startup profile. So I, I think it was a great experience for us uh, to do it like this. This program that you mentioned, can other European citizens, like if somebody from France or maybe Greece, could they also take advantage of this sort of loan that you can get if you present a business case? And No, I think it's just for people living in the Netherlands. I think if you live in the Netherlands, I think anyone international coming into the Netherlands, living there and wanting to start a business there is more than welcome. Okay. Not sure about citizens living outside of the Netherlands. I, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I meant anybody moving there oh, yeah. from outside. Okay, yeah. fantastic. 
So now let's talk a little bit about customer engagement. Are you doing anything to ensure that your clients and your customers feel like they're, you know, they're valued and engage with Swapbox as the brand? Yeah, yeah. So I think most of our clients, we really consider them partners. We, we, we partner with several packaging suppliers that just provide reusable packaging. And we really help each other. So of course they get a lot of questions when they're selling to new leads. How do I do the technology? How do I do cleaning? Who does that? Do I do it myself? That's where we come in and provide expertise. And then the other way around is that we get clients that want to start, but they don't know what packaging they want. And then we, we provide them with the different options that there are in the market. So we really do take them on a journey with us and where needed, we have really good relationships with all our suppliers that also are willing to, to step in and assist those, those, those new clients in making the transition and making an informed decision. So okay. I think that's, that's, that's the key to, to growing for us. Have you made any mistakes, Moritz, since growing Swapbox that you look back and, and you tell yourself, yeah, I'm never going to do that again? I, I would say that I, I, I knew already longer than, than, than I'd, I'd like to admit that we should have stopped with the, the restaurant market, I think still. We, we kind of had like this five month period where I was convinced that we should move away from the restaurants, but not yet willing to admit that it's maybe, a, you know, you're still spending time on it and it's, it's what you've been working on for three years at that point. So it was, it was hard to say goodbye to that strategy. But I think once we made that pivot, the progress we've made in the last few months shows that it was the right decision for us. All right. All right. What are you excited about in the next 12 months for Swapbox? Well, I think the, uh, the legislation is coming. So I think it's going to put the entire industry upside down. I think there are some disposable packaging suppliers that are really still trying to fight it. But I think everyone is slowly getting there that we, we, we were moved to a reuse model and, and we'll, we are releasing some new innovative hardware solutions that will facilitate the entire transition for reusable packaging. And we're already talking to some great companies to, to see how we can implement that. So I think that's going to be a key in the next 12 months. Okay, great. Do you have any other ideas for other businesses that if you had the time, you would launch as well? <laughs> I, I, I definitely have a lot of different businesses, business ideas. I mean, I think, I think especially now as well with the, with the different solutions as ChatGPT and everything coming out, it, there, there is just so, so many ideas that come up. But I, I just need to focus on, on one idea. Yeah. But perhaps in the in the very distant future that we can pick up some other ones. Can you give us an example of one of those ideas? Well, for example, now I was a big frustration of mine is that you're starting to use tags to open doors, which I think is great. But I have like five different tags on my keychain. I think it would be great. It's very hard technically, and it's probably very hard to convince all the different partners. But it would be great if you can just combine all the tags into one so that your car key can also open the, the door of your house and it opens the door of the office instead of having five different ones and then having to move them apart because they're reading the different ones. So I, there's just, there, there's, there's a hundred of these small ideas that I have in my head. I, sh I never write them down because then I would think I will work on them too much. So I just keep them in my head for now. Yeah. Well, I look forward to this tag technology coming to Romania because we're renting this apartment and the key is look, looks like something from the 18th century. It's like, it's like this big and it's like an old school looking key. I've never seen anything like it. And I put it in my pocket. It's all bulky and everything. I, I would rather have a tag. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, my apartment in Amsterdam, it still has a normal key, but now when I, I, I often arrive and then I put one of the tags to open the door, but then I, I, I realized that I still have an, an old school key for my apartment door. Yeah. Okay. Last question before we get into rapid fire questions. What was a key decision hire that you made that really made a difference for the company? Well, I think we, we've had three hires in the past 12 months. And I think that the, the, that that forms the core of your team. And I think each one of them played a different role at the time that they were hired. I think all three were 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 very important. I think it it really does lay the foundation. And I think every time that someone joins and we do another hire, we we really talk with the whole team in in what's the best fit. So it's also not not me making the decision. We really I do the first interview, and then the rest of the team talks to them. And then we make a decision together whether we think it will be a, an addition to the team. Yeah. And it is very important there to have an open culture because you need to also be honest with each other and see what you're missing within the team. Because we we started with quite a relatively young team and then you realize that you need some, some experience in the team. And I think everyone in the team was very open and honest about admitting that sometimes we needed some, some more experience in the team. And then you you make the next hire based based on having that needing your team. And I think that that's just the way that we want to grow. And it's not just a top down yeah. hiring process. Hey, for those listening who are who are like me over the age of forty, that's good news, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think experience is greatly undervalued in startups. We of course are not just a tech startup, so we also have a bigger pool for for other for other functions. But I think experience is very important. The mix is very important. Having a diverse team, we have three different nationalities out of the four people. So I think we, we the, the diversity then that comes back from also living abroad, I think is just seeing that the diverse team is always the strongest. Yeah, no, absolutely. Having come from big Fortune 500 companies where there's hundreds of employees to transitioning to what I would refer to as a startup now, less than 50 employees, I, I do see where some of the, I guess some of the skills that maybe the younger employees don't have, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, are mostly around, and, and I'm in marketing, Maurice, yeah. are mostly around the relationship building aspect, like the partnerships. And that's somebody who has a lot of experience, can really thrive in, which is sort of the role that I do right now. Again, this is just my opinion, but I've learned much more from the younger generation. So I, I continue to learn every day. I think I've learned more in the past couple of years than I learned the previous 10 years. And it's just at the pace of technology that continues to happen and all these other people who are really great at what they do in various aspects. Maybe it comes to social media, maybe it comes to content writing, whatever. I've learned a great deal from working at startups. All right, let's get into the rapid fire questions. First question for you, Maurice, $25,000 cash or dinner with Bill Gates? Which do you prefer? Is it? Cash for personal use or for for the business? <laughs> if either or, <laughs> then I would use uh, I would use the money to invest in more research and development. Okay, what is your number one strategy to prioritize your time? I think the team we have a, a Trello system that works very well, where we have to do bottleneck and urgent, and we just move the cards into each other's into each other's lane, and then I think that's just the best way to prioritize with everything going on. Yeah, no, I love that system. I used to do it with with a whiteboard, not digital, just with the whiteboard with yeah. my team back in the day. What is a favorite TV show that you can watch again and again, Maurice? Many, but I would have to say probably Suits. Hey, I love that show. It's, it's a great not, show. It's a great show. Yeah, a fantastic show. I, I love that show. My wife and I used to watch that 
when it was on. It's it's just, I love the music. I love the style and the fashion. It was just a good show to watch. I can't believe she left that show to go marry that prince. That To me, I don't know why she did that. Yeah, well, I don't, I, I don't follow the, the, the public news that much. So I don't, I don't know exactly. What's the most interesting thing you did in the last 26 days, Maurice? I would say going to, to the Euroshop in Dusseldorf. It's a big conference in Germany and the biggest retail conference in the world. I think it's every three years only. And there we, we, we promote, we, we launched our hardware solution and we had some of our partners come visit us and, and see, and it was the first time that we were present at such a big event. And I think the entire experience was very great and very valuable for, for me. Cool. 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 What is an unusual food or drink that you consume? I'm not sure. I, I think for the international people listening, the, the frikandel, it's a, it's a Dutch meat, meat snack that I, I, I do like to eat from time to time. So I think that's, I think for the Dutch people will be normal, but the international people, when they visit Amsterdam, they are always very curious to try it. Okay. I look forward to trying it when I go there in June. Instead of stock options and bonuses for your employees, you now give new hires blank. Fill in that blank, Maurice. I would say security and, and, and personal development, more more budget for personal development. Okay. Every Friday, your team does blank to build camaraderie in the workplace. We, we have, we have just general drinks sometimes. We were very, we have someone in Brussels. We have someone that works from home a little bit more. So we're not all together all the time, but there's a few, few times a year that we come together and we just have some general meetings all, all with us together. And the atmosphere is always great. All right. Okay. Maurice, where can our audience learn more about you? I think the best way is just to find, to go to our website. It's swap dash or dash box.com. Yep. And our LinkedIn uh, page is where we are definitely the most active. We don't use Instagram or, or TikTok really. So I think that's the best way uh, to find more about us. Maurice, Bendag, Vor Het Komen, Nade De Show. Kassadam. All right. For everyone listening, until next week, keep hustling out there. Cheers. I had a great time chatting with Maurice. He is enthusiastic about saving the planet and eliminating plastic. If you want to learn more about Maurice, go to swap-box.com. Links to all of this are in the show notes. Thank you to Maurice for being on the show. And I look forward to seeing you this summer in the Netherlands. If you like this episode, send me a note on LinkedIn, subscribe for our newsletter and tell others about it. Thanks.